0: Hello and welcome to episode number 213 of the Property Magic Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to share with you the five steps to starting and scaling your own property sourcing business. Now, you might think, I don't know if I really want to do a property sourcing business. Well, let me help you with your thinking there. I believe that actually learning how to find great property deals in your area is probably the number one skill that you need to develop to become a successful property investor. And if you apply what you learn and take action, you should be finding plenty of really good deals in your area, particularly right now where we've got this buyer's market and property prices are coming down. There are great deals absolutely everywhere. Now, obviously, you want to keep the very best deals yourself. But you won't be able to do every deal you find. You're going to have a certain bandwidth capacity. You have a certain amount of deposits. You can do a certain amount of mortgages you can get any one time. So if you're finding really good deals that you don't want to do, rather than wasting them, you should sell them on to other investors. Now, again, you don't have to sell deals if you don't want to. But when you think about how much money you can make doing that, typically a finder's fee for a deal might be three to £5,000. And those Chunks of money can add up to give you the deposits for the ones you want to keep, or they can be a pretty nice income. If you were selling just one deal a month, that'd be three to five thousand pounds extra profit every month, which would be pretty important for most people, really. So I really encourage you to think about, actually, you should get really good at finding deals. And when you're finding great deals, you should sell the ones you don't want onto other people. So let me run through this five-step process about how you can start and scale your property sourcing business. And I'm doing this because I'm actually putting together some online training all about this. And I've put the slides together. I thought I'd just share a bit of a highlight with you. Um, If you want to go and check out the full training, go to www.dealfindertraining.co.uk. So dealfindertraining.co.uk. So what are these five steps? First step, and this is really important, you've got to really get your head around what is a motivated seller and why would someone be prepared to sell their property to me at a discount? Or why they would be flexible and do things like vendor finance or purchase lease options? Well, it's quite simple, really. We're looking for people who've got a property problem and we want to find an ethical win-win solution to their problem. If you give someone what they want, they're very often happy to give you what you want. Now, in any normal market only 5% of sellers might be truly motivated. And a mistake many people make, they go and find a property like, they make a low offer, they get rejected, they do it again, do it again, and they think, oh, this doesn't work, there are no motivated sellers, particularly in expensive areas. The reality is there are always motivated sellers everywhere. You just need to understand what you're looking for and know how to find those people. And it's really is a mindset thing. You might think, why on earth would someone sell their property at a discount? Well, you've got to put yourself in their shoes and understand things from their point of view that they've got some problem and actually selling the property for the full amount may not be as important as solving the problem. And if you give them the solution they want, they're going to be far more flexible with you. Now, in this falling market where there aren't as many buyers as there are sellers, people are becoming more and more motivated. And I'd suggest maybe one in 10 seller might be really motivated. So there are plenty of motivated sellers out there. How do you find them? That's step number two. So there are two ways you can do this really. Well, there are lots of ways, two general ways. You can either look for properties that are currently on the market for sale. Now, remember the most of the sellers out there are not going to be motivated. We're looking for the truly motivated ones. Ones where maybe the sales fallen through once or even several times or maybe that person's listed with multiple agents suggesting need to sell quickly or maybe it's just been on the market for a long time. So there's certain things we can look for and we actually use some software called Property Filter and actually next week in the podcast I'm going to talk all about how you can use Property Filter um, to find great deals right now in your area. The other way of finding motivated sellers is what we call direct to vendor. So we use marketing campaigns such as letters to landlords, leaflets, websites, etc. to attract sellers to us. These might be people who have either been trying to sell their property. It's not sold. They've taken it off the market and they're trying to find a different solution. Or maybe it's even before they put it on the market, we contact them and there's very little competition. So finding sellers off market is a really good thing to do. Step number three, once you've found these sellers, you've got to work out what's going on for them. What's the problem and what's the solution that's going to help them? You've got to get really good at asking them great questions. You've got to build that trust and rapport so they open up to you, give the information you need so you can assess how can we help this person best. Uh, we have something called my strategy flowchart. We're going to be giving it away to people who join me on the live training. Um, all about understanding based on their circumstances, what might be the best potential solution for this seller. And again, a mistake people make is they often have just one tool. And if it doesn't fit that tool, uh, they can't do a deal. So you really need a good range of different tools you can use to understand how can we help this person. Then once you've worked out what you can do with the property, the next step, number four, is you've got to work out, okay, am I going to buy this myself? Am I going to join venture or am I going to sell it onto someone else? And that comes down to really having a clear understanding of what are your personal buying criteria. You want to make sure that when you find a really good deal, if it meets your criteria, you buy it quickly. And that's very, very important because... If you find a good deal and you sit and think about it too long, guess what? You're going to miss out on that. So you've got to be become decisive. And actually, if you look back in past episodes, uh, I've done a whole podcast episode all about how to become more decisive. I highly recommend you go and listen to that if you're struggling to make decisions. So. Once you've found this deal, you work out, am I going to buy it myself? Does it meet my criteria? If I am, great. Remember, you might have limited resources. You might need to joint venture with other people. And you might think, okay, how on earth do I find people to joint venture with? Well, the secret is going to property training events or going to property networking events, people with money who want to invest, go to these events because they realize it's smart to educate themselves, learn how to do this properly. But sometimes they don't have the time or the energy, knowledge or inclination to find deals themselves. And if you're finding great deals, you can help them by solving their problem by finding a good solution. And they can help you by funding a project you can't fund. And if you're finding really good deals... Part of the definition of a really good deal is something that's very profitable, so there's plenty of profit for you and for your joint venture partner to share. Now, of course, if you do joint ventures, you need to be very careful who you work with. You've got to take your time to get to know people, build that relationship, because when you're joint venturing, you are effectively entering to business. So don't take that decision lightly. Um. If you don't want to do it yourself or JV, then you might sell the deal to someone else. As long as it's a good deal, you can sell it and get a three to £5,000 fee, sometimes more for bigger projects, but that's a typical fee. Now... If you were selling just one deal a month, that would be a very nice extra income you're getting that can be done very much part time. You don't have to quit your job to do this. You can absolutely do it in your evenings and weekends and be making some substantial cash on the side, either to use as income or to save up and use as deposits. But again, how do you find these people to whom you sell these deals? Well, it's exactly the same as finding joint venture partners. You go to property networking events. And don't just go once and expect to find someone to sell properties to. You've got to go regularly. You've got to connect to people. Build your network. Your network is your net worth. The more people you know in property, the more successful you are going to be go to property training events and ideally go to paid events rather than free events. Um, Free events are okay. You might learn some great stuff there. But, you know, free events often attract people who don't have any money. At the end day, you want people who've got money to either joint venture or sell deals too. So always go to paid property events um, because that's a better way to meet a slightly higher caliber of other investors. Now, if you are selling deals to other people, just to mention very quickly, you do need to be what's called a compliant deal sourcer. It's not really a legal requirement, but it's kind of a best practice. So first of all, uh, it's important to make sure you're registered with someone like the PRS, the Property Redress Scheme. Uh, In case there are any issues, they will act as an arbitrator. Secondly, you should make sure you have professional indemnity insurance in case you make any mistakes and someone tries to sue you. Uh, Next, you should be uh, registered with the ICO, Information Commission Officer, um, because obviously you're going to be holding data. You need to register with them. And finally, you need to register with HMRC, because if you're accepting finder's fees from investors, you need to make sure you're doing anti-money laundering checks. So it's important to be compliant. Uh, There is a company we work with who actually can help you do that very quickly, and it's more cost effective than you doing it on your own. And I'll share details of that on our training, uh, which is our dealfindertraining.co.uk. So come and register for that if you want to find out more about deal sourcing, whether you want to be finding great deals just for yourself or finding details or deals also to pass on to other people. Um, I do hope that's been useful. I just want to give you a quick uh, snapshot of that five-step process, which I'm going into much more detail on my online training. So come and register for that at dealfindertraining.co.uk. Until next time, remember to always invest with the Invest with skill.